1: In a Mississippi Minute, that's right. Welcome to Mississippi Minute, I'm Steve Azar, reminding us all, as we get back to the land of living, a little at a time, follow all guidelines along the way. There's certainly many wonderful, incredible, awesome, cultural, historical things to do right here in the great state of Mississippi. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out more. Speaking of Mississippi, today's guest, a Biloxi native who became yet another historical piece of our musical heritage with accolades like the 1979 grammy winner best country song you decorated my life three-time grammy award nominee 1980 best country song looking for love best album written for a motion picture urban cowboy Nashville Songwriters Association Songwriter of the Year, also ASCAP Songwriter of the Year in 78, 80, 81, 82, 46 ASCAP awards. Let me tell you, there's a lot of medals. I know what they look like. Excited to have him in our Delta where he'll be featured in the Words and Music series August 17th at the Grammy Museum in Cleveland, Mississippi, on the campus of my beloved Delta State Fighting Okra. 7 p.m. is the start time. Tickets are on sale online, which you've all gotten used to, virtual viewing. So you can all attend this very cool evening uh, celebrating his life uh, in in the convenience of your own home. His songs have been recorded by artists such as The Carpenters, Sammy Davis Jr., Jerry Lee Lewis, Barbara Mandrell, Reba McIntyre, who I've had the privilege as well. Reba Cutting Songs, uh, What a Wonderful Lady, The Oak Ridge Boys, and Dottie West. Aside from songwriting, let's go way back. He holds a college degree in nuclear engineering. I can't even say it. On a side note, which isn't a side note to me, very athletic, uh, scholarship to Mississippi State. All you Bulldogs out there, where his squad won the SEC championship. So let's celebrate and get to know better this wonderful career and life lived thus far. And welcome into the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, the great Bob Morrison. Hey, Bob.
2: Hey. Thanks, Steve. I don't need to do anything. I'm you just tired at all. I'm tired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you feeling? Everything okay?
2: everything's fine man uh it's it's a lovely day up here and it's nice to talk to a, a fellow songwriter and uh, mississippi and uh oh, it's all
1: good i love it well uh now you still got your 615 number i wanted to keep my 615 number but when we moved to my house in greenville uh AT and T just didn't work in the house. <laughs> you know, so. Well, it doesn't work sometimes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So now, do you spend more time in Carolina, or is that your summer place?
2: That's a summer place. In the winter time, it's a little bit difficult up here, and uh, but it's a great little town. Now, you know, I don't want to do, just wax philosophical about it, but it's a it's a it's a great town to be in the summer. We spend one week out of every two here.
1: Right. Okay, I got you. All right. So, how often are you playing? Because a lot of our pals. From gener- last four or five generations, you know I say generations the last four or five decades, sorry about that, you and i wouldn't be able to <laughs> to figure that one out, but the last you know they 're all wanting to play now because sales have dwind you know gone to nothing and the streaming and and uh, and it's it's a benefit for fans because i 've always believed, even though I was an artist writer, I wrote my stuff and I, and I still am, I still dug and appreciated what you guys did more than any artist because. Obviously you and I both know where the songs come from. Uh they come from uh deep from within and you've got the stories. So if if you I always feel like if you put Bob Morrison uh on Mars and you put George Strait on Mars and you had both of them next to each other and nobody had ever seen either one of them, then everybody's gonna gravitate toward you. That's how I really feel. Because of the wit and the and just where the songs come from. You know, you know, it's an honest, a real honest moment. So are you playing a lot?
2: You know what? It, it's a funny thing. You, you said George Strait and me, George Strait would get a lot of the Martian ladies <laughs>
0: after him. <laughs>
2: but, but anyway, I don't play a lot. And it's a funny thing. I was a performer at one point, Steve, right. and, and, and I, and I started writing songs in college and I was a very studious guy, I'm kind of an introvert. And in the performance thing, I've, Got tired. I tired. I didn't enjoy the after the effects where they're schmoozing and all that. I, I just didn't like it. And I said, if I could, I kind of like being by myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when when I was by myself, I, uh, I didn't have to put up with other people. <laughs> so right. so uh, and, and I was more that way. I was more of a writer introvert, and I didn't really know that. I thought it was wonderful to be performing, and I did thirty bluebirds, you know, as far as that right. goes in right. Nashville. But, again, I'd always say, boy, that was fun. I'm going to do it again. But I never did it again until the next year. And, uh, uh, you know, a uh, 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 sort of a uh, performance for, for, for uh, people, you know, like different places that, that needed money. I, I never took any money at all. Right, I, right, and yeah. I butchered that whole situation. But it was for charity. And, and, but I never got around to it much. That was the thing. And, yeah. and writing songs to me is much more fun than performing them.
1: Did, did you grow up with the garage band and all that? I know you were heavily into sports, and I was too. So uh, I, the, I was juggling. I had a group of friends that played music, and a group of friends, you know, on the uh, athletic fields. So uh, I was like, I'd go bounce from one to the other. Was it like that for you?
2: Pretty much. I, I, I sat in with a band called The Rock and Rebels down in Biloxi, and I, I never did actually, you know, make any money from it because I was learning along the way. And in college, we had a little band. But again, a band kind of thing was—I, I, you know, it was nice, it was fun. But I just never gravitated towards that. Right. It was almost like a singing kind of thing or, or writing kind of thing, you know.
1: So take me back to your just your wonder years for a little bit uh, in this segment. Your folks growing up. You're born in Biloxi. Did you live there your whole life before going to state?
2: Yes, I did. And, and I, I will tell you this, Steve, and this is not Mr. Humble. Play, I'm not playing Mr. Humble. My father was a jukebox operator, and he had 100 boxes. Now, you might think, oh, he was rich. No, 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 no. Boxes cost between eleven $1, and $1,500 a piece. So, and, and I grew up listening to all the music that ended up on the radio and in, subsequently ended up on the jukebox. It was a, an education nobody could buy. Right. And that's where, that's where, you know, in other words, what I write is, is a commercial, a market song. I couldn't, I couldn't write what Towns fans and Guy Clark and John Prine and even Randy Newman. I, I could not do that. I can do it sort of now. But they were great at that. But they were their own troubadour. Right. So I just wrote for the market. And you have to, it's a kind of a narrow, it's kind of a small window to write for the market subject-wise, as you well know. So, but I learned to do it, and that, that's where that's where I came from. So, uh, you know, you can't do what you can't do. You write what you know, as
1: somebody once said. Right, right. So you go to state, and you're doing so those four years. You go? Yeah. Well, I run? went
2: four. I went. Yeah, I, I, I went four years, but I didn't graduate till the fifth year when I was in Washington D.C. and went to a little place called Howard <laughs> Howard University. Wow. What a <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, it was interesting. There's another story about that, but I know you want to get on with. With no, I know.
1: I love I want to hear how you ended up at Howard.
2: Well, uh, I needed nine hours, which is three courses. Howard was three things, cheap, close, and it had the right, uh, the right subjects. And I had to go, and this is a true story, I had to go to a, a lady of color who was a federal judge. I had Mississippi plates, and that was in a day of 65. Mm-hmm. I, I had to go to her, and I said, and she wants to interview me. She did. She wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to firebomb the school or something like that. <laughs> I must have impressed her. I went to Howard. Never had a minute trouble. No, not. Of one not. minute. They no. were more curious. The people there, because they were mostly there were Sikhs, and there there was a French guy, uh, and there was a bunch of people of color. And I, I grew up among people of color, of and I never had any problems. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so did I, and I ne- never did, or never will. You know. I mean, in fact. If it wasn't for men of color, there's no way I ever write my first song because that's where I was inspired being being here with you. Absolutely. I mean it just it was just just so drawn to to just the just how they were able to articulate their pain and make you feel good about it, you know? It was yeah. the greatest thing in the world. I mean, it was the greatest I mean, medicine. I'm you. <laughs> you know, it's we're talking Elmore about... James. Oh, See, I come got on. all those records. Elmore
2: James, Jimmy Reed, all of them. I knew all of that oh, stuff. Wow, and, just... and Tony Bennett, too. So, you know, it was one of those eclectic kind of things.
1: So you come from an era where, well, you and I are both are going to agree on this. A great song's a great song, and their great songs are unique. I mean, we can tailor a, a good song and make a really cool record on it or a great record, but a great song. It's almost like you can cut it bad and it never turns out bad, <laughs> you know? That's true, that's true. <laughs> okay, so I, w- I want to go into a break and then I want to start digging into sort of when the songwriting thing started to work out. Some of your mentors, because, you know, we both had them and, and uh, oh, yeah. I just want to talk about that, but don't forget everybody, the Grammy Museum, Delta State, My Fighting Okra uh, featured artist for words and music series. The Grammy man himself, Bob Morrison is my guest today. You can go. It's August 17th, 7 PM. You can sit in your own home. You can sit in your car. You can sit wherever you want, you know how on your screens and your, whatever phones, and you can just watch. And uh, it's, it's, a really great cause. The Grammy Museum is unbelievable. It's uh, the second Grammy Museum uh, next to L.A. I think we have one in New Jersey now, but uh, it's it's something for the uh, eyes to see. And Bob's going to be incredible. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm Steve Azar. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out all the cool things just like my guests today. We'll be right back.
0: Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, I spent a lifetime looking for you. Single bars and good time
1: lovers were never true. I'm getting exhausted, just all the talking I'm doing. I gotta shut up and let my man talk. I'm with Bob No, No, Morrison no, no,
2: good, good. Keep talking. No, sorry.
1: <laughs> legendary legendary whether he likes it or not very humble man i've heard from a lot of my pals uh, this is the first time i've ever got to spend this much time with bob uh, and uh, but i've heard just so many great things about you over the years bob we're in the keep mississippi beautiful studio go to visit mississippi.org to check out all the cool things like the grammy museum which bob will be doing words and songs he'll be there you can go check him out online you can pay for the ticket there sit and eat your own popcorn drink your own diet coke uh, at the Grammy Museum, as he performs at seven o'clock, August seventeenth. All right, Bob, let's get yes. to the music days. I mean, the urban cowboy. Uh, oh, I, let's don't jump around. Let, let, let's go back to the first. You you go to Nashville. My stint was ninety one to two thousand eleven. When did you go? Nineteen seventy three. Right, had you had any writing success before? Did you get a deal? How did how did it all happen?
2: Well, it's a weird little story. I was in California for six years and. Uh, uh, I was on Monument for a while. I had five record contracts, uh, all of them crashed and burned, which I'm glad for. But I met a fella by the name of Bill Justice. Bill Justice was had been, you know, one of the top ten rock and roll instrumentals called Raunchy. And Bill Justice took me under his wing, kind of, and, you know, and, and we did some sides down there with some of the people, and it didn't work out, but Bill was a wonderful man. And he said, "You know, Bob, he, he, he was there because he wanted to write film scores, mm. and of course, that's a very tough business, like like acting. I mean, you know he, you know he, and he had the cred, even though was Raunchy was a silly little thing, which he hated, you know he hated that it, that was a success. He said, "Let's go back to Nashville." Mm. I says, "When do we go? Because I'd run through all the things, and I didn't like Los Angeles anyway, In Any case, we come back." I'm supposed to, uh, you know, audition for Bob Beckham. And Bob said, ah, I like justice. We'll put you on draw. He didn't hear one, one note, you know. And so I started there, and, and really quickly, Steve, my first hundred ideas, and this is not, this is a true also. My first hundred ideas were turned down by Johnny McRae, who I went through, and, you know, he was the guy who listened to this stuff and said, well, we're going to demo that, we're not the first hundred ideas. It was several months. And I was I was stunned. I said, I thought I was ready for prime time. Yeah. In the interim, I had the uh, You're the One in a Million cut by Glenn Campbell on his first record. That was back when I was in California. I said, hey, I'm ready for prime time. Yeah, of course. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't because I didn't understand how you had to link. The lyrics have to be a certain kind of tightness. It has to go from A to Z. Yeah. And you can't. Play. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I don't want to get too technical. One day I came in with Johnny, to Johnny McCray about four or five months after, and I didn't think he was doing it to be mean because he had a tenderness to him. See? No, 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 that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Little did I know he was a brilliant songwriter who was not allowed to write, but that's another story. Anyway, getting to the story, I came in with a half a song. I said, John, I, I, I don't know, Johnny, I don't think it's not finished. <laughs> and he said, and after a while, I frustrated him. He said, would you play the blankety-blank song? <laughs> and so I played half of what was a song called Rivers Too Wide. And he looked at me and said, it's a hit. Go finish it. <laughs> That's true. Two weeks it was on, on the street. John Farrar from Australia called Beckham and said listen if that doesn't go top 10 that'll be olivia newton john's next single wow and i i I was praying against (laughs) i was praying against it was an unknown who went to number nine but the good news is that it ended up on olivia's uh you know album so the album sold. that's back when albums
0: right right
2: and she and i interesting thing she's the sweetest the most attractive girl, you know, I met her at the ASCAP Awards. I'll tell you another story later about it. But anyway, let's go on. That, that I said, I, I think I've got it. By George, I think I've got it. And so after that, with that kind of cred, people pay more attention, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they started listening a little bit more to what I had, and I started getting cuts and cuts. And that's when it all started rolling.
1: Your first hundred that you got turned down, right? You're talking a hundred
2: Yeah, they were either partial songs or ideas. Partial did songs or did ideas. you
1: go back and revisit some of those and did they become hits?
2: No, I was sick of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I never did. I moved forward then. And I started, t- I was always a single writer, you know. And then I started taking in lyrics because I wrote melodies much faster than I wrote lyrics. You know, there's an old story about Oscar Hammerstein and, and, and Richard Rodgers. Hammerstein used to sweat over lyrics, sweat, sweat, sweat. And then Richard Rodgers comes in, and in 15 minutes he's got it. He said, if I, if I don't get it in 15 minutes, I'll never get it. That's pretty much it. You look yeah. at the melody, you look at the meter, and it either suggests something or it doesn't. Wow. And Hammerstein was hacked. Because he had to sweat for weeks, and then Richard Rogers comes in for 15 minutes yeah, and does yeah. the job. So that's the way I was. I was sort of like, either I'm going to get it or I'm not. So I started taking in lyrics, and that's when it all started versioning. because you're writing a lot more songs
1: then. All right, Bob, let's, let's go to your first big hit. Like the one that you bought the car in the house, and you're going, yeah, baby. I mean, this was, uh, it really put you on the map that you feel like mattered to you, the song.
2: Wow, um, that's that's a difficult question, Steve. Because m- my brain is a little soft from the age. But uh, <laughs> the point was, is we we had several hits along there that were, but I think the two biggest ones, the two biggest ones, were looking for love, and you decorated my life. Ugh, and, so and you And looking for love, I have to, you know, I have to tell you that story. So, you know, all, I don't know how many weird stories you had. But but I've had a bunch of them.
1: Oh, I've, I've got more um, weird stories than I can tell on the radio. That's for sure. I can't tell them.
2: That's so. <laughs> for sure. Well, if you want to hear the looking for love story, I want to hear. Uh, it. We did okay. We did that demo. Two school teachers sent me what was to become the final thing. I took a look at it and I said, you know, it can be improved a little bit. I really like this song, and I got involved in it. You know, not full, not full thirty three, but I, but something less because I. Did less work than they did. Anyway, we demoed the song, and Twenty One Acts turned it down in Nashville. Uh, nobody would record it. It had a major seventh chord in it, first of all, which was which uh, was Patty Ryan's. I, I loved it. I said, you know, yeah, it's not country, but it just was a good song. Oh yeah, a friend of mine from Los Angeles, who I met many years ago, who's was a track man at Oregon, who became an agent. He said, hey, he said, hey, Bob. They're putting together a country western musical at Paramount. Do you have anything? I made a cassette. One of the songs was Looking for Love and sent it out. So he called me and said, hey, I went by Paramount and dropped it into this bushel basket. It had a bunch of cassettes in there. I said, oh, boy. You know, I wasn't right, really right. thrilled. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, in the interim, after that, uh, a, a producer called me and said, listen, I, I want to cut your song Looking for Love. On, the, on my act and stuff like that. Long story short, he cut it. Becky Chargo, the musical director, called and said, uh, we're thinking of making this the centerpiece of the movie. <laughs> uh, Do you have anything to tell us? <laughs> I knew what that meant.
1: Oh, I know what it means. Ca- Go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah. He said, Make sure that you don't ha- it's not cut or anything. So I called the producer back and he said, hey. I said, I'll be glad to pay for the session, blah, blah. He said, don't worry about it. He said, "It sounds like a great opportunity. What a uh, boy! What luck!
1: The rest is history." Wow! While wow. looking for love in all the wrong places. That's so good. Yeah. Are you kidding? That's just, now. My man Johnny <laughs> Lee was. He's a friend. He was. A, he had a record on that, didn't he? Did Johnny Lee? Yeah, he was the one. He was the one. Oh, he, he did. He was it. the one that
2: was. Yeah, he actually was in the movie. I think singing that song at yeah, Billy's yeah, 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 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. We're with Bob Morrison. Check him out. So the 17th, coming up, a few days, you're going to be able to watch him online at the Grammy Museum Cleveland. Go get your tickets. Uh, it's just going to be an incredible night. And Bob's voice, as you can tell, is still as pure as ever. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org During these trying times, you're just a moment away from checking out incredible history just like my man Bob. Bob, you get to play DJ with the birthplace of American music. As you know, you're a big part of that. Would you like to hear into the break, Conway Twitty or Charlie Pride? Uh, Conway Twitty. You got it. We'll be right back. You're in a Mississippi minute.
0: Don't call him a cowboy until you've seen him ride. Cause the stetson hat and them fancy boots don't tell you what's inside, no. And if he sad lot, you won't be satisfied, so don't call him a cowboy until you seen him ride. Don't call him a cowboy until you seen him ride. I'm still
1: trying my way. With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank. Has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank. With its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC.
0: The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. You can hear the show Saturday afternoons 1
1: until 3 right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Gary Klein and Kelly Jordan are our pros from the Bassmaster Elite Series. Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon takes care of all of our big game needs. Plus, Tom Dawkin and Ronnie Smith will help you build a better bird dog. Not to mention the fact that we just have a whole heck of a lot of fun with a lot of great guests. I hope you'll be a regular. Hey, we'll see you in the camp house this Saturday at 1 on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. All my life was a paper.
1: Once plain. Bob can sympathize with the fact that every song you write, you want to have a home. And the home for my song, Mississippi Minute, is this show. So I feel like I've raised this child up and am in my third year. And it's always a blessing to get to talk uh, to people that I respect and admire so much. Uh, like Bob Morrison, my guest today. He'll be August 17th. You can see him virtually at the Grammy Museum. Get your tickets online it's the Mississippi Grammy Museum. Just Google it. Go get your tickets, please. And check them out, 7 p.m., August 17th. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out everything cool that you can do right here while we're in this mess. And then after with this mess, you can still do it before we let the world back in. All right, Bob, let's go to You Decorated My Life. Such a wonderful song. I did the inauguration ball for uh, Governor Barber with uh with the wild men from the gatlin brothers rudy <laughs> crazy as heck and uh and myself and and kenny and uh i sat there on the on the stage with my hand like a child like a child after the show <laughs> both hands like looking at him like i fell in love with I, like, I was like wow this is incredible right so how does that all go down yeah
2: uh you're talking about you decorating my life how it came came yeah. to be yeah um uh, Debbie Hupp came in with, uh, she, was, she was, boy, what a story she had. Anyway, Debbie Hupp came in with half a song. She had a little bit of the melody of the verse and most of the first verse lyrics and then some lyrics on the chorus, if I remember correctly. And I, we sat down. I said, boy, this is, you know, this is not a Nashville song. But, you know, I, I like writing anything, whether they have any value in the market or not, because it keeps you, keeps sharp. And so we wrote it, we demoed it, everything was fine, and I said, who, we, who do we show it to? Well, Bob Beckham had a really good relationship with Larry Butler. Larry Butler was uh, Kenny's producer. The producer's a guy that, that listens to the song, see if he can match up to the artist, and then he does the record. He's usually a good musician like Larry Butler was. Piano player, great piano player. Anyway, uh, Larry said, Bob, I don't know. Let me put it on the bottom of the pile. In other words, there's all these... uh like CDs or tapes or whatever, and they sort of stack them in, you know, in, in sort of like which are most more desirable. So he put it on the bottom, and Kenny kept saying, uh-uh, uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. And once he got to you decorated my life, he said, uh i will going to I'll have to try this. You know? So he put it on there, and Kenny said, that's it. That's it. the way they go, you yeah. know. It's it's funny, you know. I always tell people, I said, you know, you really have to have good people pitching songs, and you really good luck if the p- guy you're pitching it to just had a argument with a significant other or has a hangover that you're going to play a love song. Mm-hmm. He he's going to say no, right, <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> so so anyway, that's how that happened. It was a simpler story, but you know, again, Debbie Hupp was brilliant. She could write anything. You know, she's one yeah. of these gals. You know.
1: Yeah. Um you know, for me I was always writing for myself, so I was like, okay, well I'm I know I know I'm going to if it's at the bottom of the pile, I know where it is. So <laughs> what is difficult. Yeah. But with my cuts it was like Reba walking down the hall and hearing it. You know what I mean? That's how a lot of my stuff happened. So I, sure. I just never was I was always thinking and I'm still thinking that way and it's worked out fine, but uh but all my friends that that just locked in on being just that songwriter and getting cuts. I mean, I used to just, you know, you could It was awesome just to celebrate with them along the way because uh, it meant so much. And you know what the cool thing was? When you're in a room or or you're you're walking down a hall and you're doing the writing room and somebody goes, come here and listen to this. And you hear it and you know it. You you know what I mean? Because you're going like, God, that's so good. And it it succeeds. You know, it it doesn't take long to get cut. Some of them take a long time. But when you get hot, when you start getting hot, then everybody's pointing at you. And then it's amazing how much better your songs all of a sudden are, <laughs> you know, but yeah. You, oh yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, they still have to be great and, they, and you've been preparing for that moment. All right. I want to talk about like your Mississippi influence. So for me, Bob, it's always been, you, there's a gospel side and there's a blues side and there's a rock and roll side and there's a countryside and there's, folk, you know, all these elements of Mississippi that, that make us who we are. I think that with you, it was so easy for you You talk about, oh, it was not necessarily It was more of maybe this kind of song or that. Don't you feel like that where you were raised has a lot to do with your versatility and just a great song is a great song and can go either way?
2: Yeah, it was interesting. When I was a kid, obviously there was New Orleans and there was Cosmo Studios and there was all those great R&B acts. Jesse Hill, Oop Oop A Doo. We heard all that stuff. It was regional hits. Freddie Fender's Oh, holy one! Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was listening to WLAC when when the weather was right, late at night, at all the blues. See, it was they didn't play what we called race music or, or, or black music back then on white stations. So, so you know, you'd have to go to another kind of station to be able to hear that. And I loved all of it. I, you know, let's face it, all kinds of music has great music within it, but you may not like the style of the music. But I learned, you know, that there's great music everywhere, even classical. You know, oh, yeah. everything. So I I listen to everything, and it's, you know, if it's junk in, it'll be junk out. You know, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully some of it, some of it, uh, you know, stuck in there and said, "Boy, that's really good." And I think we all get all of these notes and all this stuff and something fresh can come out of it, you know. And I, I don't know I can't explain it, Steve. Really, I can't explain.
1: It. No, no, I know. I I don't yeah. want to. You know? Well you just made a heck of an attempt just FY. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. We're talking to Bob Morrison. Uh Bob Elvis. So, you know, my mom grew up on Highway Sixty one in a grocery store. She yeah. uh she said, ah oh, she wasn't you know, Charlie, I, and my listeners are gonna get sick of hearing it, but it's the truth. Charlie used to play when he was playing baseball would come in and, and go to the grocery store, and of course Elvis would play uh, at times yeah. in Clarksville. But mom, just you know, people are they're they're either they either got drawn in early or not. Was Elvis or the Beatles? Who was the, obviously who was your big like your epiphany as far as an artist? Was it Elvis? Oh
2: well, I've got a story. I've got a story. I don't know how much time we have. Anyway, we got plenty. Cut of
1: time You kidding me? No, okay. take over.
2: Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I was 15, it was about 1957, there was this guy in a pink Cadillac driving down to Biloxi to date a girl, a Cajun girl. I heard all the reports about the screaming and all. I said, Mom, get me a guitar. (laughs) That's true. And many, many years later, in 1977, and this is kind of a sad story, I had two songs on Elvis' last album. And they cut the tracks, he went home, and yeah. he never came back. Oh, man. And uh, one was called Energy, and the other one, that's what you do to me. And its and they got cut subsequently, but I was thrilled because I was, you know, I could have gone to meet him, but I wanted to meet him under those circumstances. I Felton love that. I know Felton Jarvis. And uh, that just happened, and Johnny McRae called... One of his songs. He said, That's my tractor song. Well, the tractor never got bought, yeah. <laughs>
1: unfortunately. My tractor so, song. <laughs> that's so funny. That sounds so much like my buddy Mark Allen Springer. I mean, that's it. Isn't it funny? Our friends, man, they want to buy tractors and and, and Bill Pond. I, I don't and, want to buy a tractor. I
0: don't either. I, don't I want, want to either. hire somebody to put That's on a
1: exactly tractor. right. In fact, there's a guy outside right now on a tractor, and it's not me. <laughs> so Well, right. that's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. We're, t- we're talking to Bob Morrison. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio. August 7th. 17th, Grammy Museum. Go online. Grammy Cleveland. Uh, let me see right here. Right here. Tickets. Okay, I got it right here. Live.GrammyMuseums.org. And there's a plural, so it's live.GrammyMuseums.org is what i'm seeing so check that out but google it bob morrison at the grammy museum you can do it virtually from your house that's how you're going to do it that's how you're only going to be able to see us for the next year probably just go and virtually see us i'm so tired of just looking in a camera and doing that but uh it's what we're doing and obviously bob's going to be telling stories behind his songs here in the keep mississippi beautiful studio I'm Steve Azar. Visit Mississippi.org is your destination for anything historical and cultural that matter down here. Check it out. We're going to be right back. It's all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank With its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC.
0: Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, the Super Talk Eagle Hour are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Wide now The water rushed loud for talking. We never built for walking.
1: What's better than rolling never down a Mississippi highway with my man, Bob Morrison, who knows all about it. Biloxi, Mississippi native, Mississippi State Bulldog, ran track, won the SEC championship, his team. I mean, come on. Uh, go to visit Mississippi.org. Don't forget. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm with my beautiful pal, Bob Morrison. Bob. Mississippi State yeah. days. Just go back for a second. Uh, do you, do you get a chance to go back?
2: Well, actually, since since our team, we were picked fourth, by the way, that year. Our team won the SEC championship in track and field, and they've never won it again. We occasionally get together because Mississippi State kindly invites us all back, and <laughs> to see stuff, and uh, and we've gone back. Three, I think, three different times. It's always great fun because we had a good team, not only athletically, but we all pretty much got along pretty well. It was always little rivalries and stuff like that, but it was a good time and, uh, and, 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 and a great time in my life. I met a lot of great people some of whom I still get together with my roommate Jimmy Taylor who is a fabulous runner he's a miler we get to, he he invites me to the SEC championship every year he pays for the tickets cuz it's in here when i'm talking about the SEC championship basketball yeah. They had to cancel it this year, and and he was here, and and uh, we get together and we talk old times and we talk new times, and it's great fun, and and that was a great time. I, I you know, it, it, it was a smaller school back then. You should see it now.
1: Jeez. Well, no, we got, I got there, hundred weight yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, I go, it is. The good thing about going to Delta State is I can feel like I like Southern and Mississippi State and Ole Miss and 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 Valley State and Jackson State. I can yeah. I can love them all because you know I went to Delta State, but I love I loved where I went and I love Delta State and I've, it's been great to be an artist in resident. Obviously, our buddy Tricia Walker um, uh, ran the show for a while and and at the DMI, and it's just been uh, really, really cool to be a part of that since I've moved back. It really matters to me. Uh, were you a long or short-distance guy?
2: I, I was a quarter and 800 it's meters now. Yeah, I ran a, a quarter mile on the mile relay mm-hmm. in, in the 800 meters. And uh, and ah. I was I was not great, Steve, but I was pretty good. You know, I was like a third or fourth or fifth guy in the 800 uh, one year, I think. Um, but I was okay. I, I was... Productive as far as the team was concerned, because I, I anchored the mile relay. Oh so, come on! You, you know, anchored it,
1: it. You're so humble.
0: Yeah, I love but it.
2: let <laughs> me let me let me, sp- let, me sp- let me explain something here. <laughs> Mike Sanders was the best quarter miler we had. Now you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike is a great guy, great, fabulous athlete too. He was the best. But still a good athlete. The deal, <laughs> yeah, still, still, he still, still looks good after all these years. Anyway, sometimes there's there's value in getting a little bit of a lead, and that's what he would do. He would give us a lead whenever it was his time, and I don't even remember what place. You'd have to ask him whether he was the leadoff. Yeah. He Had a great start. I was fast, but I had no start at all. <laughs> you know. So I, I could grab the baton, you know, and hopefully hold somebody off. That's what the whole point. Is. Wow!
1: So you guys were like the dolphins. You sell it, get together all the time. You break out the cigars when a NFL team loses, and they they're not going to go undefeated. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So right. the yeah. last SEC championship track were you guys? That's a that's a long time ago.
2: I mean, that's it. Sure is. Let's see, 63 or something like that? 37? I can't add that many
1: years. 37. I know.
2: I'm very. Listen to my nuclear engineering degree. I can still add.
1: (laughs) So, Mississippi State had a nuclear engineering degree back then? Yes. Wow. Wow. I mean, just the word nuclear. I didn't even know it existed. (laughs) I know.
2: Most people say nuclear, it's not nuclear. (laughs) Jimmy Carter said nuclear.
1: Love it. I love it. Everybody don't forget my man Bob's gonna be virtually. You can all see him. We can all do this. And I know Mike Sanders better be watching. Such a good man, Mike. Hello, by the way, if you're listening. Uh you're gonna go to live.grammymuseums.org. Uh okay. The online tickets are fifteen dollars each. I'm starting to find out more as we go. Uh uh, there's so much information I have on you, and, I, you know, when I see the John Travolta sticking out and all that, I'm not saying things I probably need to say, but Bob Morrison, $15 each, live.grammymuseums.org. Get your tickets. You can sit back with your family and watch uh, this incredible evening. Uh, just so cool uh, to have Bob. You know, they had Charlie Pride last year at the – my wife and uh, some friends of hers were – They she, she was chairing the Red Carpet gill event, and Charlie was there, and – uh It was great to see him. It's been a while, you know, getting to do the Opry with him so many times and talk about Mississippi and talk about him growing up. And I got more information out of him than I got of my mom. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like it was, of course I did, but just such a good man. And just, I love being back home and it's going to be great to have you virtually. You're going to be doing this live, right? Or from Nashville or Carolina? No, actually I'm going to Cleveland. Oh, that's right. You're going to be there. Yes. Well, I okay. will be there. Okay, I got you. All right, you're physically going. to – Well, I may have to make my way there if I'm in town. Well, good, good. That would be good. <laughs> they, they may not let me in. <laughs> I understand that. I can uh, understand that after talking to you. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I get it. I appreciate that. That's how that's how this show rolls. And you know what? I'm going to do. I'm going to let you go now because you, you, you I'm hurt. <laughs> I'm never hurt.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm I'm hey, Bob. Did you enough? <laughs> no, I love
1: it. I appreciate it. It's been so good getting to know you. Blessings to you and your family. Travel safe down here. And uh, you've been in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, folks, with with just an incredible talent. Mississippi native, Mississippi State alum, Bob Morrison. Check out August 17th. That's how you get your tickets, live.grammymuseum.org. Fifteen bucks a piece. Sit in your own home, eat your popcorn, eat your Milk Duds and Skittles is what I'd be doing. uh, And drink your Diet Coke. You've been in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio in a Mississippi Minute. How many times can I say Mississippi? I never get tired of it. Go to org to find out everything cool you can do right here. I'm Steve Azar.
0: Woo!
1: I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time.
0: A Super